Welcome to the Binge Eating to Food Freedom podcast with Katie Papo. Our mission is to share the simplest and most peaceful system for food freedom in the world with people who suffer from binge eating, food addiction, and compulsive overeating. We are here to show that with the right strategy and support, any committed, coachable, and resourceful individual can feel peaceful and free with food. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode. And I'm Katie Papo, and we are going to be talking about the scale today. So a common question that I see very often uh, is, should I continue to weigh myself? And people tend to be debating with the pros and cons of weighing themselves. Um, I also, the reason why this came up for me now is because we had someone join our program the other day and that was one of her questions. And she said, should I keep weighing myself? Is there any reason why if I'm pursuing food freedom, um, is there any reason to continue to weigh myself? Are there any benefits to doing that? So, um, what I wanted to talk today about is the scale and weighing, weighing yourself. So, um, I'll start just by sharing um, sort of the structure of how we'll talk about this. Um, I'll talk about my personal experience here and the experience that I've heard from, you know, many, many, many people. Um, and I'll share the experience of what what are the common experiences I hear when people step on the scale and notice they've gained weight, when you step on the scale and notice you've lost weight. Um, and if we're not using weight as a metric for success, what metrics can we use? So I'll talk about the metrics we actually do use as well that you can apply yourself to see your progress beyond you know, the numbers on the scale changing. So even if you for any reason do continue to weigh yourself, you'll still be able to um, work towards your food freedom um, by using some other metrics that are going to be more relevant. So I'll, I'll start by um, saying hello, <laughs> and if you're listening, let me know, say hi. If you've got any questions or comments, feel free to put them in the comments and I'll take a look. Um, so let me start by saying that I used to have a very different perspective than what I have now, um, as with a lot of things in this sort of arena. I used to be 100% positive that weighing myself helped me be in control of my eating. So I used to weigh myself at minimum once every morning, but I definitely went through phases throughout my binge eating and disordered eating patterns where I was weighing myself multiple times a day, sometimes even before and after meals. Um, sometimes morning, afternoon, and evening. So um, uh, there were there were times when I tried to be less frequent about weighing myself, and I'd weigh myself once a week, once a month. So I've kind of gone through all of the, you know, the phases that I've heard other people have gone through as well. And I used to be very sure, and I would have probably even argued about it, that weighing myself was necessary and that I needed to have the numbers to be in control of my eating. Now that time has passed and I've healed my relationship with food and with my body, um, or, you know, it's all a process, right? But in the ways that we're talking about here in terms of food freedom, now I've come to this realization that in order for sustainable weight loss to happen, okay? And by what do I mean by sustainable? I mean getting off of that, um, that roller coaster of, 
you lose the weight and then you gain the weight back plus more. And then you lose the weight and then you gain half the weight back. And then you lose the weight and then you gain all the weight back plus more and going through that cycle. So what I'm talking about when I say sustainable weight loss is more along the lines of not that you've lost the weight and now you have to continue to fight to keep it there, but rather you don't really need to focus on weight anymore because it's just a non-issue. So that's what I'm really talking about when I say sustainable weight loss. And I wanted to differentiate between that because I don't mean that, oh, well, I've lost the weight and now I just only have to focus on my weight for the rest of my life to make sure I don't gain it back. Um, that's not what I'm talking about. In fact, our whole purpose is we want to help people not have to think about their weight and not have to think about that because you have more important things to think about, like your family and your career and your friends and, you know, the things in life that are meaningful to you. So that's what I'm referring to when I say sustainable weight loss. So I used to believe that in order for weight loss to happen, you needed to weigh yourself. And I even worked in places where we would do like a biggest loser kind of style thing where we would weigh people every week and it was a big deal. Um, my opinion is completely like 180 on this. And now I'm recognizing that for sustainable weight loss to happen, the focus actually needs to be on creating a more peaceful, effortless, normal, relaxed relationship with food rather than trying to monitor or manipulate weight. Now, I'm going to explain my reasoning behind this and walk you through a couple scenarios that you might resonate with. Um, because ironically, and I didn't realize this back when I was weighing myself, but now in hindsight, I can see very, very clearly that the more I weighed myself, the worse my disordered eating got. Now, the worse my disordered eating got, the worse my binges ended up getting. And the worse my binges ended up getting, the more I ended up gaining weight. So what ended up the cycle that ended up happening was that the more that I weighed myself, the more I gained weight. And this is a pattern that I've actually seen with many, many people. Um, uh, I mean, gosh, I don't even know how many at this point, but I've seen that common pattern of the more weight obsessed you are, the more obsessed you are with the scale, the more you weigh yourself, the more you end up, even if you lose weight temporarily, the more you end up gaining weight in the long run. Um, so let's, let's just dive in and take a look at what might happen in each scenario. If you were to step on the scale, right, we have the scenario of basically, you know, obviously you could stay neutral, but let's look at the idea of like, if you step on the scale and you gain weight versus stepping on the scale and losing weight. And I'm going to share my experience and the experience of, you know, many other people who have shared that same common experience. So if I had stepped on the scale and I noticed that I gained weight, here are the things that I would do first. First, I would criticize myself for messing up, okay? Um, or I'd be shocked and I'd say, how is this possible because I've been dieting this whole week and how is it that suddenly I've gained weight? So now I'd criticize myself for whatever it was that I did wrong. And then I'd start planning. I'd get into planning mode. How was I going to lose this weight? by eating less, meal planning better, exercising more. I would basically go into planner mode and say, oh, shoot, I messed this up. Damn it. <laughs> right now I need to start planning how I'm going to lose this weight. Then after I'd sort of make this plan um, in anticipation of knowing that I was about to get much stricter with my eating, I would then start to get anxious about that because I knew that 
well, starting, you know, tomorrow, all I need to really focus because I really need to lose this weight. So in that sort of anxiety about, you know, tomorrow, I really need to get serious. I would then today buy all my favorite foods, right? All my trigger foods, all the things that I was going to miss the most being on a diet. And I would say, I need to eat these now because starting tomorrow, I'm not going to be able to eat them anymore on my new plan. So if you can relate to that, let me know. Uh, I know that that's a real common one. And then I would also even go further in my mind. And I would say, I don't even want to have leftovers. I don't want to have any residue of junk food to tempt me tomorrow when I start my diet. So I'm just going to eat it all now. So I would end up eating even more than I would have because of my anticipation of starting the diet. So basically, so far what's happened is I weighed myself, noticed that I gained weight, then went into mental restriction saying, oh, well, I have to restrict really, really soon because I need to lose this weight. And in doing that, I would start actually eating more. So the actual sequence was I would weigh myself, notice I gained weight, and then eat even more. Um, and then, of course, the next day rolls around. And normally what would happen to me anyway is I would feel so sick the next day because of all the, the stuff I ate the day before that I couldn't even bring myself to exercise because I felt so depleted and exhausted from overeating. And then I would say, oh, I feel like I've already ruined it. So the binge cycle would then continue another day. And sometimes that would send me into, you know, months of that cycle. Sometimes, you know, I would get back into restriction faster. But either way, it was always this oscillation again between the restriction and the overeating and the restriction and then the overeating. So if I know if I stepped on the scale and noticed I gained weight, in theory, I thought in my mind that this would help me do better next time, that those numbers would be motivating. And I would see those numbers and I'd say, oh, I really got to get serious now. But in reality, even though I was serious and I did want to lose weight, I would end up still eating more because the idea of the restriction sent me into binge mode before I even started restricting. Does that make sense? So in that situation, and I see this a lot, if you step on the scale and notice you've gained weight, that can be the cycle that can come from it. So already I started to question this idea of, is stepping on the scale actually beneficial? And then, you know, in order to ask myself that question, I would say, okay, well, what happened when I would step on the scale and notice I lost weight, right? Because that totally happened too. I didn't gain weight every time I stepped on the scale. Sometimes I stepped on the scale and I noticed my weight was lower. So so let me take you through that, that sequence of events if I noticed I lost weight when I stepped on the scale. So the first thing was I would either not celebrate myself at all and I would just be, well, good, okay, I'm on the right path, got to keep going, got to keep restricting. Oh, maybe if I lost, if I lost, you know, two pounds this week, maybe I can lose another two this week and then I'll already be four pounds down. And then by the time, you know, six months from now, I will have lost the amount of weight that I want. So I would start, I wouldn't even allow myself to celebrate. I would just start focusing and still planning my next round of restriction. Or I actually would be proud of myself that I would celebrate with a treat, right? Oh, I'm allowed. I can have this. I just lost weight. So I might as well just give myself a treat. Right. So, um, so it was always going to be one of those two things. I would either then give myself something to eat that I was just giving to myself, like as a reward, um, that went against what I actually wanted, or I'd be so motivated that I'd just start doing calculations in my head of, Oh, if I lose pound 
two pounds next week, then I'll be at my goal weight in this number of weeks. And then I would fixate on how to keep that up. So either way, in anticipation of having to keep up what I was doing um, or res to restrict even more, I'd start you know, prematurely missing all the foods that I wasn't allowed to have. And then I would decide, okay, well, I'm going to have one last binge now because tomorrow I need to, you know, really get serious. And then again, the binge cycle continued. So I was able to see more objectively that whether I gained weight or lost weight, according to the scale, either way, I was still going to end up with a binge at some point. Um, and I think that anybody, you know, at least from what I've heard from you guys, anyone who's gained and lost weight many times, you know that while the scale, it seems like it can be used as a motivational tool, the drama around that and then the subsequent binging that goes along with that can make things far worse than if you had, say, not focused on the scale and instead just focused on how you're feeling and your internal cues, listening to your body. Whereas when we're on the scale, we're not really listening to our body. We're just seeing the number, right? Um, which is more external, right? It's externally focused rather than internally focused. And you guys know we're all about changing from the inside out here. So for me, no matter what the scale said, I would still find my way back to binging soon enough. And I know that for many of you guys, also the scale can make or break your entire day. I've heard this enough times to know that it's a common experience. Now, still, back, back, back in my previous life, because I had that strong background in the, in the weight loss world, I was still not sold that you didn't need the scale at all. Okay, I was thinking, well, maybe moderate use of the scale, like weighing yourself once in a while, just not every day. Um, but then I continued to see how irrelevant it was and how unhelpful it was to making real progress in ending disordered eating. And one thing that I've shared, because I like to, you know, go beyond just my own personal experience, but also when we have our clients stop focusing on weight, it encourages them to start measuring success in more helpful and specific ways that are relevant to, you know, the actual real problem, the deeper problem at hand. Um, and this is by focusing on very specific um, results that promote that sustainable change that I'm talking about by that sustainable weight loss where you don't actually need to try to manipulate your weight or monitor your weight but rather you can use other metrics that are actually going to bring you closer to that rather than farther away. So I can share with you now. Um, oh, cool. Allie's here. Nancy's here. This is awesome. Yes, Allie, you had quite, I remember that you had quite, um, you had quite an experience with our program when you let go of the scale and Allie just commented, I'll put it right here. So that's how I used to talk. And now after your program, I have self-love and no scale attachment. Yes. High five to you. Um, and thank you for sharing that because um, I know a lot of people uh, can't imagine themselves it being in that place. And you really allowed yourself to let go of something that, that you did feel attached to at that time. And now I know how you're doing now. You're much freer without it. So thank you for sharing. Um 
So, so let's go into the types of metrics that you can start to focus on. So you can measure your success in a non-weight or scale-related way. Um, and these are the types of quote-unquote metrics that we use also with our clients. So when they send in their writings and their reflections and I'm reviewing them to give feedback, I'm looking for these types of things to make sure that, that everybody's making progress in the right direction. So one metric that we look at is how peaceful you feel while you're eating. That's a huge one because if you're eating in a chaotic, frenetic way, right, chances are is you're not really connected to your body in that moment. And not only that, but chances are your body is not in uh, the rest and digest state. It's probably more in fight or flight. And when we're in fight or flight mode, not only does that uh, prevent the brain from functioning as properly as it could, right, in terms of problem solving, habit forming, all these skills that we actually do need, these functions that we do need to heal disordered eating, but it also affects the body when we're carrying ourselves in fight or flight mode. It uh, slows, it, it can, makes a metabolism irregular. It makes fat burning a much more difficult thing to, to do. So, so, um, so how peaceful you feel while you're eating, it's not some woo woo thing. You know, there is significant um, evidence to show that the more calm and relaxed you feel when you're eating, the more the better your body and brain can function, especially in terms of digestion and assimilation and fat burning and all that sort of thing. So we really care about how peaceful you feel when you're eating. Um, also, another metric we can use that we often do use is how peaceful you feel when you notice a craving coming, right? Whereas in the past, like we see our clients when they first start working with us, and a craving comes, there's like this panic. Oh no, this is the this is how it all starts. If I eat that, I'm going to spiral. It's going to open the floodgates. And there's like that, that spiral of thoughts and panic. Whereas as you start incorporating these practices that we teach you guys, right? If you've done our free training, you've had some experience. And if you haven't done the free training, please do. Um, it's still available on my website. Um, but the idea is when you can feel more peaceful when a craving comes. What happens is you're letting go of the drama around that craving, right? You might experience a physical craving or a mental craving, but the idea is this is not something that now you're panicked about. It's more of just an observation, like you're watching a cloud in the sky, like, oh, that looks like a bunny, right? And it's you can just observe something without having some strong emotional reaction to it. You can just let it be there and pass in its own time. Um, or you can, you know, without, without basically adding suffering to the craving without adding drama to the craving. Does that make sense? I hope. My brain isn't working super well today, so I hope I'm making sense. I've been grieving the loss of our cat, so um, my brain is just a little bit slower than it usually is. But I hope I'm making sense to you guys. Um, another metric that we like to use is how often you are pausing or checking in with yourself to notice sensations like hunger, sensations like fullness, to notice if the mind is anxious to notice how the body feels. So basically your willingness and ability to pause and just check in with yourself, to take those moments to breathe, to calm, and just to notice, is there hunger here? Is there fullness here? What feelings are here? Um, that's another metric we use. 
Another one is how satisfied you actually feel after eating, because the more satisfied you feel, the less binge urges will come, right? Binge urges come when we're in a state of craving, not when we're in a state of being satisfied. So we want to um, always promote methods that are going to help you feel satisfied, to help you feel like you really got the experience and the enjoyment out of eating. Because if you don't and you miss it, right, even if you're eating a lot, but you're your mind is somewhere else and you miss that experience, you're not going to have the same level of satisfaction as you would as if you were very present with what you were doing. Does that make sense? We had somebody once who she shared after one of my workshops that she was eating a cookie while she was checking her emails. And then at the end thought that someone took her cookie because she looked down and it was gone and she didn't even remember eating it because her mind was so fixated on her emails that she didn't even remember physically tasting it or eating it. So, so if you're feeling satisfied after you're eating, chances are you were present for that experience. Um, another metric that we use is how quickly you bounce back from a challenge or a misstep. So um, a lot of times, you know, we see these stories of, oh, I was doing so well, I went 10 days without binging, and then I just had one bite of this donut, and then that opened the floodgates, and then it all was downhill from there, and now it's been two months and I can't stop, right? So so what that tells me, if someone's struggling with something like that, that tells me that you haven't yet built the skill set to bounce back from your challenge or your misstep. And especially you haven't built the skill set yet to learn from what happened. So that way, next time you have something very specific that you can apply to fuel your growth and fuel your success for next time. So we just had a client who had uh, a binge and she was at first feeling really down about it. But then after she, you know, went through our protocol and our framework to work through the different components that led to it and to see, you know, and to reflect on the experience, what she learned from that experience, she was so grateful that she got that learning that the next time, you know, she had that experience, that opportunity to practice, she wasn't even afraid of the binge. She was more just like, hmm, let's see if I apply this and this, let's see what happens. So, and not only that, but then the binges started becoming less because she's no longer fueling this fear of them. She's no longer thinking about them as much and obsessing about them as much because she's no longer as afraid of them because she knows that even if something like that were to happen, now she has tools where she can learn from the experience apply something new for next time, and then be even better than she was before. So I always notice with our clients when they come back and they say, oh, thank God that happened. Because if I didn't have that challenge, then I wouldn't have learned X, Y, and Z. And I really needed to learn that lesson in that way. And now I'm going to remember it. So that's another metric we use is how quickly do you bounce back from a challenge or a miss and how do you use that to fuel your next success? Um, another metric that you can use that's outside of the scale is you can look at how accepting and forgiving you are of yourself. Um, a lot of people don't realize that self-criticism and self-hatred can actually uh, fuel binges, that shame and that guilt, all these negative sorts of emotions, they themselves can fuel more binges. Why? Because the worse we feel, then we're like, oh, well, now I really need to step up my game and I'm feeling bad about myself. And um, 
And then we can kind of anticipate restrictions coming or more strictness that we're going to put on ourselves. So we want to rebel against that, right? Um, whereas when we accept ourselves and we forgive ourselves, we can more meet ourselves where we are and see, okay, from this place of love, let me see what I need to do to help myself right now. What? So you're, it's not like you're trying to beat yourself in submission. It's more like you're trying to support yourself. So that way, from a place of love and from a place of compassion, you can still grow and you can still progress, but working with yourself instead of against yourself. Um, another metric that we use is how little you think of food compared to how much you used to think of food. So I know that um, I used to think of food all the time. Even if I wasn't eating, I would be either planning my next meal or trying to avoid whatever future bin I, binge I thought might happen. So I was constantly thinking of food and calories and counting and um, hopefully I won't see this ice cream flavor or hopefully this I you know my friends won't order dessert and then I won't be tempted to order dessert. So I was always thinking on some level around food to the point where I wasn't even present in my life. Um, so we see, we can see it as major progress if you can look at yourself and say, oh, I'm thinking about food actually much less than I used to think about it. Now, I'll still think about it, you know, normally, right, when I'm planning out a meal or thinking of what I want to eat, but it's not obsessive anymore. Does that make sense? Um, same thing with weight, um, how little you can also check how little do you obsess about your weight compared to how much you used to. Um, also, you know, and there are more metrics than just this. I'm not going to go through every single thing we look at. But another more general thing just to look at yourself is what direction are you moving in? Are you moving into a place where you feel like you have more freedom or you feel like you have less freedom? Okay, because the whole idea around food freedom is to feel more free, right? That you don't have to diet, that you can eat what you want, that you can trust yourself more. So if you feel like you're moving in the direction of I'm feeling more free, I'm feeling more free from these thoughts, I'm feeling more free from the fear I used to feel, I'm feeling more free from the obsession or the compulsion I used to feel around food. If you're feeling more and more free, you're moving in the right direction. So this is all to say, guys, and I gave you these different examples of, you know, how peaceful do you feel when you're eating? How peaceful do you feel when a craving comes? How often do you pause to notice sensations like hunger and fullness? How satisfied do you feel after eating? How quickly do you bounce back? The reason I'm going through these other types of metrics is because while weight seems like it's a super straightforward metric, that doesn't necessarily mean it's helpful in ending a pattern of disordered eating. And I know that there are professionals who, you know, work with people with eating disorders who do still weigh, who do still weigh them. And sometimes this can be done for a safety thing to make sure, you know, like if, if there's a minor and they're, and you need to make sure that they, their weight doesn't go too low. I, I understand that there are exceptions to this rule, but I would say in general, there is no reason to weigh. And not only that, but this can be wildly unhelpful and harmful. So in order to develop a more peaceful relationship with food where you're not obsessing anymore, you're going to need different types of skills that go beyond just seeing a number on the scale. You know, you're going to need different types of skills um, and just a number on the scale. It's just not an adequate metric of that sort of progress. And if the scale was an adequate tool, then 
wouldn't that be enough, <laughs> right? Wouldn't that be enough to keep people from gaining the weight back after reaching their goal weight? But we see like 80%, 70%, 80% of the time, some studies are show more, but uh, um, the majority of the time we see people gaining weight back anyway, oftentimes plus more. So if the scale really was adequate, we wouldn't be dealing with this cycle and people would just lose weight and then that would be it. Um, so, so I know that, you know, to a large degree, this, this, this is kind of an unpopular idea because it does go uh, against a lot of, you know, weight loss gurus. And I probably in the past would have argued with myself, <laughs> but, um, but the truth is I'm seeing all like so many people listening and, you know, my own experience that if those standard conventional weight loss methods where you're scale focused, if that worked for you, would you be here right now? You know, um, so what we like to focus on, it's not that weight or or health of the body isn't important. OK, but what we do see is that this comes as a side effect of these other metrics. Right. How often you listen to yourself, how you check in with yourself. Are you um, are you stopping eating when you're satisfied? Are you feeling more peaceful when you eat? Are you bouncing back from challenges more quickly? When you have these skills down, right, what ends what ends up happening to the body is you're creating a more, a more harmonious environment in the body. So first of all, it's going to be much more physically capable of releasing weight, of digesting food better, of assimilating food better, of elimination, right? You're going to have much more um, working in your favor physically, right, if you can bring yourself into that calmer state. But also... Um, in terms of something sustainable, when you're listening to yourself and you're eating foods that agree with you and that feel good, right? Chances are your body's gonna self-correct on its own and it will drop weight when it feels safe to drop weight and it'll happen in your own divine timing. Um, but it happens as a side effect of the good work that you're doing rather than just trying to step on a scale and then manipulate yourself to get down to certain numbers, which always tend to shoot right back up. So the most important point here that I'm trying to make is that the most quote unquote sustainable transformation will occur when you're focused on creating that peaceful and healthy and harmonious relationship with food rather than trying to endlessly monitor your weight pound by pound. Um, and then once you've obtained that peaceful relationship with food, the body tends to find its own happy, healthy place in terms of weight and size. So when you start focusing on the metrics that I'm, I've been talking about in this talk, rather than the number on the scale, you're going to find yourself behaving very differently around food than you have in the past. And you're going to start making choices that leave you feeling more satisfied. Um, you'll start trusting yourself more. You'll start fearing binges less because you know how easily you can recover from one. And the less you fear the binges, the less the urges come altogether. And um, while all these things happen gradually, we found and we've seen many times through our clients that when these signs of progress happen, they tend to happen right away, and then you'll become more accustomed to those changes over time. So in other words, um, you can become an eat, a, a normal eater in this way, and then the body follows suit. So, so training yourself in these sorts of skills is the difference between a life focused on food versus a life where you're focused on being present and living 
and feeling good. Um, and I believe that this is the one, one of the more meaningful results that you can achieve because in that sense, you are reclaiming your mental energy. So now it's no longer consumed by food and weight, but you can focus on things that really matter in a, on a deeper level to you, more so than food or weight. And when you have that mental energy available to you, there's really no limit to what you can accomplish from there. So, um, so that's my two cents on the scale. And, um, and one of the, one of the things to mention here is that, um, oh, Allie just said, that was a great reminder because I always need to sit to ground myself. Exactly. That idea of checking in, sitting down, focusing, just checking in with the body, being with yourself, right? That's, that's what a lot of this is, is being able to sit and be with ourselves. And that in itself is a very beautiful practice that can take you very far. Um, so I just want to share with you guys that we have, a, I wanted to remind you that we have a free training available right now. It's on my website, katiepapo.com uh, forward slash free dash training, where we take you through how you can really get to that place where you check in with yourself and you calm yourself and you bring your body into that parasympathetic state. Um, all of that's, there's like four very detailed videos that you can go through in that training. So that's available to you. Um, and if you're somebody who you feel like, this all makes sense, but you can't really see yourself implementing it properly on your own because you've been dealing in this cycle for so long, you might be a good candidate to work with us privately. And we do offer a few spots each month uh, to, to the few who really feel like, hey, this is a really important priority in my life that I need to fix right now because this is consuming my brain and consuming my life. And I want to get to this place where I'm not trying to manipulate my weight, where I'm not trying to monitor myself and my food every second, but I can just learn how to check in with myself and um, have more freedom in my eating without worrying that I'm going to be so out of control. To have that freedom with food, that's what we focus on in our 12-week uh, immersion program. So if that's something that's an interest to you, feel free to reach out. Um, you can reach out through Facebook or through email and we'll respond as soon as possible. So with that, I will say see you tomorrow and talk to you guys soon. Hope you found this helpful.